turn my own microphone on now. Joe used to do that for me. Eh, Tom's in here. I'm thinking during the Olympics, we do a board off Olympics. Joe get in here. Let Tom get in here. And see if they can work their magic. Tom, do you want to be turning my mic on and off right now, but you're too scared because you don't know what I'm going to say? Oh, no. Piece of... 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This might work yet. Tom gets the show. Although he wanted to play Country Roads coming back when we were going to talk to Pat McAfee, and I said, this isn't Stan's show. Okay, we don't need to have musical interludes that introduce each guest. Okay, we're professionals around here. I don't need bounce back audio. I'm a damn man. The hell am I going to talk about here? Oh, yeah, the Patriots. Can you come back with a Tom Brady clip, please? TB12. My dude. People in Pittsburgh don't like me right now because I am all aboard the Tom Brady Express. I love that guy. I've watched each of the Tom versus Time documentaries. Each one of them is 15 minutes. So I've wasted an hour of my life this week looking at Tom Brady more intimately than I ever have before. He seems like a great dude. Good father. Good husband. And he works his ass off. That guy right there, that's the guy who should get all the credit for what the Patriots have done. And I don't find this conversation to be an interesting one. As I said in the past, I don't like when people go, well, who deserves my credit? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? That's not really what I want to get to here. What I do want to get to is everyone thinks the Patriots don't make mistakes, and that's wrong. It's just flat-out wrong. This year they almost lost to Tampa Bay. They won the game, sure, but they almost lost. Tampa, not a good team. If Tampa makes any of the three field goals they missed, they win the game. They struggled with the Jets. They lost to the Dolphins. This team was far from perfect. They went to Pittsburgh, a game that they needed to have, and really without the Ron or the Al Riveron call, they lose. All you heard after that game was, well, the Patriots executed down the stretch and the Steelers did not. And, man, that's just not right. The Patriots gave up a 69-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. The Patriots allowed Jesse James to catch that football. Now, he didn't do it. But they allowed him to be open, they allowed him to get the ball, and they allowed him to cross the goal line. The New England Patriots aren't as perfect as people think that they are. All you hear is, oh, they don't make mistakes, they don't beat themselves. That's not true. They do make mistakes. They do beat themselves at times. They've just got this dude, number 12, who cleans up all the mistakes for them. Tom Brady's the best eraser that the National Football League has ever seen. Tim Benz was on earlier on in the show. We'll play it back for you coming up at 620. 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. And he talked about all the players who aren't great that come in and fit into the scheme and play above their heads. He named all the white wide receivers, all these generic running backs. They all seem to play well, but how hard is it to run a route? It's not that hard. Run the route, Tom Brady will put the ball right on you. I think Brady makes those little shrimpy wide receivers go from nobody's to somebody's in a hurry. This is an aside. 
Tom, I wonder if you've seen this stat today. This is an insane stat to me. Wes Welker played eight years, six of which with Tom Brady, two of which with Peyton Manning, and did not win a Super Bowl. That guy is the anti-Brady. That guy sucks. How do you not win a championship? And in fact, if I had to place blame on one dude as to why the Patriots lost a game to the New York Giants in the Super Bowl, I'd blame Wes Welker. Catch a damn football, jackass. As much as people think the Patriots are perfect, they're not. They make mistakes. They're human. Tom Brady bails them out by being the best of all time. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Eric next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, man. No, I just wanted to pretty much go off the topic you're talking about with uh, the Patriots. And um, no, I don't know, man. You, you think about the Patriots or what they just did to Jacksonville. If you say... Tom Brady erased that. Okay, yeah, it was pretty impressive what he did. But at the end of the day, that defense made a lot of key stops. And you think about if the Steelers' defense would have made one or two of those stops, then Big Ben would have looked like a hero. But he didn't have that luxury of having a defense that was able to get stops when they needed. Yeah, that's a fair point. Their defense was pretty much god-awful all season long, though, New England's was. Uh, They wound up losing to the Dolphins late in the season. Uh, This is a defense that isn't great. And if they, if they had a marginal offense, then the defense would have lost them more games. Uh, thank you very much for the call, Eric. I appreciate it. One thing there that stood out from what he said, Eric just said, is that the Patriots were down in that game. Yeah, it's because they're not perfect. They need 60 minutes now to beat people. It's attrition. They're going to be really good, and they're going to win the game. Because Tom Brady's going to be really good, and he's going to win the game. The Patriots were down 25 points to the Atlanta Falcons last year. Their defense got him in that hole. Their offense got him in that hole. Brady pulled him out of it. Now, both units had to come together in order to make that happen, but don't tell me they're perfect when they fell behind 25 points in the Super Bowl. Don't tell me they like make less mistakes than your average NFL team when... They fell behind 25 points in the Super Bowl. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Chuck tweets at that Twitter account. You left out Tom Brady's a cheating jerk. I always found deflate gate to be rather flimsy. It was a preponderance of evidence. 51-49 to was all they needed to have in terms of the evidence going their way as opposed to the other way. How big of a difference did that make in any of their performances? They won the Super Bowl two weeks after the Indianapolis Colts said, they're cheating. How big of a deal was it really? Spygate. You go back. Maybe it helped them win their first couple Super Bowls. They've won a lot since then. So to say they're cheaters, yeah, I'll agree with that. But I think people blow that up way more than they should. It's a dynasty that's won, yeah, because they try to skirt the rules a little bit. But they've won in large part because they got the greatest quarterback of all time and they paired him with a really darn good head coach. People can try to discredit New England all that they want, but they're still going to walk away after they beat the Eagles, and they will on Sunday, with six championships. So Steelers fans, you can get your panties all up in a bunch. You can cry in your terrible towels. You can pound Iron Cities, but the Patriots are better than the Steelers. They were better than the Steelers this year. They're better than the Steelers every year. And no matter how much you think that they've cheated... It's not going to matter 
Because those six trophies don't come with an asterisk. They've got five Lombardis. They're going to have a sixth come Monday morning. And you can discredit them all you want. But they're still going to be in their possession. Because they're the best of all time. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's not to say that I'm pro-Patriot. It's not to say that I love this team. It's not to say that I'm not sick of them. But they're better than they get credit for, if that's even possible. Well, they cheated. Yeah, doesn't matter. Championships count. They're smarter than everyone. Brady's smarter than everyone. Watching this TB12 Tom versus Time propaganda documentary got me thinking about what he does off the field as compared to other quarterbacks off the field. Tom Brady doesn't drink because he doesn't consume anything that's bad for him. He eats avocado freaking ice cream, for God's sakes. We just heard, going back to 5 o'clock, that Peyton Manning used to drink. I'm not saying that you can't have a few beers and still be a great quarterback. Obviously, Peyton Manning did. But Tom Brady's focused 100% of the time on family and football. I think football takes precedent. And because of that, he's the best. Because of that, he's going to win again on Sunday. And they're going to be the odds-on favorite to win the next year, too. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I know it eats, it eats at you. I know it pisses you off. But it's true. It's damn true. 412-922-2874. As I said earlier on in the show, the Philadelphia Eagles, they don't have a prayer. Well, I suppose that's not true. Tom Brady could always blow his friggin' ankle out. But the Patriots, they're laughing right now. They're laughing. Marcus Mariota goes to Gillette Stadium. That's the quarterback they have to face. Then Blake Bortles goes to Gillette Stadium. That's the quarterback they have to face. Now Nick Foles, that's the quarterback they have to face. Good freaking luck. My buddy Wes Euler from the Eagles flagship station was on earlier on in the show. And... He's talking about how Philadelphia feels like they can win this Super Bowl because they feel like they're a team of destiny. They feel like they've got everything lining up. They feel like they got luck on their side. And the planets are aligned and everything's coming up Philadelphia. Well, first of all, the planets never align for Philly. That's why the Flyers haven't won a damn Stanley Cup since 1970 freaking five. Beyond that, you're telling me that these injuries that they've overcome is actually a good thing? Well, look, it's adversity. We were able to survive in the midst of it. We lost our all-pro left tackle. We lost a great linebacker. We lost our all-pro quarterback. Yeah, okay, I'm putting all those in the negative column. The Patriots are going to beat the Eagles because the Patriots beat everyone. And the Eagles, they've got backups playing at key positions. I don't care how much you think it's your time. Until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick retire, it's not your time. It's just not. It's their time, and they'll win when they, you'll win when they let you. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. The Steelers really let an opportunity slip through their fingers this year. Yeah, you have New England. 
They're always going to be there as long as Brady and Belichick are around. But then you had Jacksonville. That's it. Those were the two teams that were good in the AFC. Everyone else stunk out loud. Next year, not going to be that way. Because Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is going to wind up with either the Denver Broncos or the Jacksonville Jags. And if he winds up with Jacksonville, they're easily the most talented team in the AFC. And if he winds up with Denver, that then gives you an extra playoff team you got to worry about. With that defense, with Kirk Cousins, with the weapons that they have on offense, Denver becomes a really good football team, a 10-11-12 type win team. You figure Jacksonville will be good whether or not they get Kirk Cousins because that defense can carry them, and they're getting a couple of skill position guys back. Houston, they're getting their quarterback back, who was one of the best rookies we've ever seen in his small sample size. And then you consider Kansas City's probably not going anywhere with Patrick Mahomes. He's a really good young player, and they just added to their position of weakness at cornerback by bringing in Fuller in the trade that sent Alex Smith to the Redskins. You're looking at five or six teams in the AFC that are legitimately powerful teams. Legitimate championship-type contenders next year in this conference. This year, you had two. Pittsburgh and New England. As much as Jacksonville's defense was great, they weren't a true championship contender. Not with that idiot at quarterback. Let's go to Mr. Anderson right here on the Crowley Show. Hello, Mr. Anderson. How's it going? Good, buddy. What's on your mind? Hey, all all this news and Brady is fine. But if you're going to delve into every little nook and cranny, why haven't they talking about the disparages and, and the penalties and stuff that they that they actually caused? They wouldn't have home foot advantage. It, it's not I, I don't want to sound like side grapes, but that touchdown should be a touchdown. We would have had home field advantage. Everything didn't fall in their favor just because Tom Brady was great. It, when they talk about their games down the stretch, the disparity in and penalties on the refs was crazy. You know and what? That is true. Funny that nobody's talking about it. I it's, thought you would, but nobody else is talking about oh, it. Oh, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, and I don't think that okay. the I don't think the league set that up that way. I think it's all kind of habit stance. Now, okay, so did they benefit from it? Oh, hell yeah, they benefited from it in the AFC Championship <clears throat> game when they didn't get called for any freaking penalties. Like they yes. benefited from that stuff for sure, and I think it's because their reputation precedes them. But I don't think that there's some sort of conspiracy to get them back to the championship. Do you? Do you think it's a conspiracy? It has to be. Okay, so if any other team had did what they did as far as even, even before the flag game, you talk about Spygate, and Roger Goodell destroys the evidence. Come on. All these reporters out here and nobody's going after that, if that was the Steelers or the Cowboys or anybody else destroying evidence, that clearly showed that they were cheating from their first championship on down. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a Patriots thing so much as it's a oh my god, we don't want the league to look bad kind of thing. I think mm. I think whatever team it was, and I got to run, Mister Anderson, because okay. I got to hit a break here. Thanks for the call four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I think whatever team it was at that time, whatever team it was, the evidence would have been destroyed because Roger Goodell wouldn't look like an ass. The league didn't want to look stupid. So you destroy the evidence. It's not a Patriots thing. And as for the penalties, yeah, it's ridiculous. But I see it every week with West Virginia basketball. They're the press team, right? Press Virginia this, press Virginia that. So they get called for ticky-tack fouls all the time because referees feel like they need to call fouls. With the Patriots, 
the referees just assume that New England does everything right. Their reputation precedes them, and they call the game in that way. Coming up next, this dude lived in Boston. He's now in L.A. He's the official vampire of The Crowley Show. It's Tim Benz. You're listening to The Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Darren Blakely ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I've got a great hottest take of the day coming up at 6.45 here on the Crowley Show. Right now, though, joining me from Los Angeles, the official vampire of the Crowley Show, also from Trib Live, he is Tim Benz. It's been a kicker day. Earlier on in the show, I had Pat McAfee, I had Jeff Reed. Tim Benz is always kicking and screaming. Thanks for taking the time, Timmy. Plus, his Australian accent is much more interesting to listen to than my coastal Connecticut accent. So, um, I would not be offended. Have you found Jordan Berry to be an interesting interview? I have. Uh, it's always good to get him talking about things aside from punting. That's not the most interesting thing about him. When he, you know, tells you about these deadly snakes and venomous plants and you know, microscopic animals that can kill you all throughout New Zealand and Australia. It is quite the interesting chat. You run into anything like that out there in L.A., Tim? Not yet. I know I am the official vampire of the Crowley Show, but before you ask, no, I have not gone down Ventura Boulevard. That's a good joke, Tim. Thank you. I tried. I've been cooking that one up all week. I don't know what you have been doing out there, though. Just a vacation? Just checking things out? That's it? Well, um, I hope no one is coming out here and looking for a drink anytime in the near future because uh, we drank it all. It's all gone. There's no <laughs> alcohol left in all of L.A. County. Now, i got a friend out here, a really good friend, who uh, moved out a couple years ago. He's working on a crime novel out here oh. and uh, is doing some acting as well. So we came out to uh, visit him. Um, my cousin is an actress out here, so I haven't seen her in about two or three years. And uh, we went out to dinner with her at some swanky L.A. seafood hotspot, Adam. So I was hobnobbing with beautiful people. Yeah, your cousin. Yeah. Now, her husband's a good-looking guy, too. Can't, yeah. can't debate that. Uh, by the way, first person I saw when I landed, my one only celebrity sighting was the first guy I saw coming off the plane. Burt Kreischer, DVE Morning Show fame. Uh, he was out here when I got off the plane. And since then, I really haven't seen a celebrity. My cousin's the only other celebrity that I saw. Was Kreischer wearing a shirt? At least when I saw him. Um, okay. You know, he tried to take it off when I got close to him. I said, no, 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 it's okay. I mean, I can fix you with a shirt on. You don't have to take it off for me to recognize you. Tim Benz, TribLive.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. He's vacationing right now out in Los Angeles. Uh, Tim, I was thinking about the AFC next year, and it made me realize just what an opportunity the Steelers did miss this year. Yeah, the Patriots are going to be there. They're always going to be there as long as they've got Brady and Belichick. In Jacksonville, they were good, obviously. They beat the Steelers twice, but they had Blake Bortles as their quarterback. Next year, you could see another team in the AFC have a better quarterback if Kirk Cousins is signed by Denver or Jacksonville. You're going to see Houston healthy, you would think, with their quarterback. 
And you could see, I think, maybe even the Chiefs improve a little bit more because they've added to their secondary now, and they're going to have a guy that I really like, Pat Mahomes, running the show there. So I think the Steelers are going to be one of five really good teams in the AFC next year. This year they were one of three. Well, I heard you talking about that. I'm actually at the LA Fitness right next to the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum right now here, you know, in the in the heart of uh, Hollywood. So, you know, I was and I'm right here looking at the Walk of Stars. Now here I am. I'm probably one of literally thousands and thousands of people listening to the Crowley Show on the iHeartMedia app. Damn right. So I got a little workout in, and I was listening to you talk about that. And the one thing I didn't hear in your synopsis of how every team is going to get better in the AFC were any AFC North teams. Do you really think any of those teams are going to be better? No, I don't, but I think the Steelers' opportunity to get a one or a two seed is going to be a lot harder than it was this year. That's true. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard for them to go 11-5, 12-4 again, particularly with a defense that has a lot of questions to be answered. You know, um, you know. on the one hand, we want to talk about uh, Ryan Shazier being indispensable, and then on the other hand, we talk about how it's just one guy to replace next year so they get better. It's kind of like... If you want to make an excuse for why they did so badly against Jacksonville, you point to Shazier's absence. If you want to talk about why the defense is going to be better next year, let's say, well, there's only one guy that they need to replace, and that's Shazier. Well, which one is it? Is he indispensable or not? Um, I think that's a big question to answer, and I think that the defense really has to figure out the front seven. Adam, you and I have talked about this at length. I, I don't think they know what their front seven is, and despite the fact that they got that sack record this year, uh, largely distributed uh, between two games where they probably could have and should have won anyway with half the number of sacks that they had. Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, truly the pass-rushing unit that the statistics would suggest that it was this season. And they got to figure out what they're going to do there personnel-wise. You know, why a James Harrison couldn't fit in for 15 sac- uh, plays a game, which maybe could have yielded one or two real sacks in crucial situations. they got to tell me uh, what their linebackers, especially their outside linebackers, are supposed to be doing. You think Bud Dupree's on his way to becoming another outside linebacker bust? Yeah, and I thought he was going to take some strides forward this year. I thought the development project was on a positive trajectory, and then I think we saw a significant slippage in the second half of this season. How about you? I was looking at the schedule, Tim. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> that, that, ever happened, that ever happened to you? you? That ever happened to you? Yeah, it has. But, I mean, like, I didn't think I answered that long on that one. I just sort of redirected it back to you. I just wanted to see if we were on the same page there. Well, I don't even remember what I asked now. You asked about Bud. I said he was on a – I thought he was on an upward trajectory, and then he took a big step back in the second half this season, and then I said, how about you? What's that now? A bus just went by with all the Kardashian sisters on it wearing nothing but lingerie, and you're the one that got distracted? I do think Bud Dupree is teetering on that path, Tim. I can't believe I did that. I'm looking at the schedule next year. Oh, Falcons, that's going to be tough. Carolina Panthers, oh, my God, they got Kansas City. They- oh, my God, you lost track of your own thinking for that yinzerish thing to do. Oh, let's, let's pick the schedule now uh, 45 weeks in advance when they start. Come on, you're better than that. I wasn't picking the schedule. I was just looking at the schedule, okay? I, I wanted to be able to reference it in a, in a later question that I could ask you and then zone off whenever I was looking something else up. I don't like that now apparently it has to be a requirement that these linebackers are dropping into coverage. I understand that they've always done that to an extent, but Tim, their number one priority from that position needs to be getting after the quarterback because even if you're unleashing your defensive linemen 
uh, in a one-gap scheme, they're still not going to be able to get there as consistently, I don't think, when, whenever it's, oh, a nickel situation, you've no, got I another would, outside linebacker on the side. Uh, yeah, it just... Defense, where primarily the pass rush comes from four guys that are down linemen with the occasional blitzing Mike Hilton or a corner or something like that. And you got three linebackers that are supposed to cover and take away the middle. Basically, Ryan Shazier uh, 2.0 and two outside guys that can cover from the hashes out across the middle. Well, okay, then get those guys. Because you just don't want... Don't keep getting three, four outside linebackers that are better than what they used to be at coverage, but still primarily pass rushers, then you're defeating the purpose. Just get three linebackers who can cover or, you know, go to more of a dime look and rush four guys that are old-school 4-3 defensive linemen that just push the pocket back and beat their way to the quarterback. You think that they could do that with an addition of just one defensive lineman, Tim? Do you think that they could bring in a guy who's a legitimate edge rusher from the defensive line position and kind of flip to a 4-3 look more so this year? The concern that I've got there is then not so much about getting after the pass or stopping the run. I mean, like, are, you know, I like Hayward and I like it, but I like them as 3-4 ends. Do I like them as 4-3 interior guys? I don't. Do you? I don't mind them. Uh, I, I don't, they wouldn't be the guys I'm, I'm trying to replace on this defense. You know what I'm saying? The steel. Or, or do you take two? Or are you suggesting that you take two at Hayward and put them outside in a four-three, and then get more natural four-three um, defensive tackles? I'd still rather them be on the inside on my four-three. Yeah, so, so would I. But I'm, that's not. You know, those guys, for as good as they are, stopping the run in what used to be the three-four. I mean, do you think of them as interior linemen in a four-three that are, they're taking away the rush? I think they could do it. Yeah, I do. All right, well, then get two really good pass rushing outside guys. Put them inside the whole time to get, uh, you know, linebackers that their best skill is to cover. Well, I honestly don't think that T.J. Watt would be that bad of an option as a 4-3 outside linebacker. I think that guy can run enough and is athletic enough that you can use him as that guy. Okay, well, then, then he needs to... Just give up the notion of him being anybody that occasionally, then otherwise right. occasionally comes on the rush, uh, on the pass rush. I mean, you know, it's just you got to change jobs. Then uh, I think they're stuck in the middle. The, the stats don't indicate it, but I think that front seven is definitely something that needs more clearly defined roles right now. What do you mean? More clearly defined players who play those roles. I mean, not only do they need, not only do they need Ryan Shazier back or somebody like him, they need Kelvin Smith too. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't. I mean. Vince Williams, I think the beginning part portion of the season was a mirage because Ryan Shazier is that good. And I think he can stop the run coming downhill, but he's not a guy that I want out there on third down in this National Football League. He's not, and I think you're right about that. And, and that's, that's their issue for me, Tim, is, okay, we're going to play base 3-4, and then on third down we're going to switch it up and take the players that we've drafted to play a majority of the time off the field, even though they were never going to play a majority of the time in the first place. Right, or you know, you got to figure out something where you have two really good linebackers, four good uh, down linemen. Uh, there's your six, and then you play nickel, um, or maybe even you just have a one guy and you, you play dime. You know, I mean, you could do that too yeah. with four down linemen. Um, then you need more defensive backs. Well, strangely enough, to think about it, Adam, and they've got more numbers than they ever have at defensive back. Uh, it's just do they have the right guys to play that often? Uh, you know, like, I think Sutton's going to be woven in more. They keep Hayden, and I think Hayden's going to be a good player for them. It looks like he's still got something left in the tank after all. 
Uh, what's Artie Burns going to be? Sean Davis is a, a decent player. I think there's still more to be scratched there than what they've just done on the surface. How would he do with the other safety position and, and replacing Mike Mitchell? That's, that's uh, I think, because uh, I hope they do that. Uh, but let's just see how they do it. Tim Benz, Trib Live, and Steelers Nation Radio, Steelers Radio Network, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Lewis Riddick said the Steelers' secondary is not very good, and, well, the numbers would indicate that he's correct. But like you mentioned, I like Joe Hayden. I like Cam Sutton being able to come in and battle, I think, with Artie Burns for that corner on the other side. Uh, I like what they got out of Mike Hilton this year. I'm kind of repeating some of the stuff that you were sort of alluding to there, Tim. But I, I think that the... The sum of the parts wasn't as good as, or the sum of the, I never get that one right. I'm all shook because I wasn't listening earlier, Tim. I'm scared. I don't know where to go with this interview now. I'm terrified. You want to talk about L.A. some more? I don't want to talk about L.A. because I'll probably, I'm going to get distracted there, too, Googling beautiful women online. Um, well, I haven't seen, well, I take that back. Here at the L.A. Fitness, there have been quite a few. I mean, I, I basically just paid $15 to walk around the gym. I haven't been working out that hard. So. <laughs> You're still in the gym right now? I walked outside to talk to you, and now I'm overlooking um, the strip here. And uh, there's some lady that just walked by in a Wonder Woman outfit, which is eh, she's not Wonder Woman. I'll leave it at that. I think that the Steelers' secondary gets a lot better if they subtract Mike Mitchell. Addition by subtraction with that guy. Yeah, and you know what? They've done that before. You know, they've, they've let guys go who have played that safety position and then improved when they've gotten new players. You know, um... That happened one year when they got Brent Alexander. That happened one year when they replaced Chris Hope, who wasn't bad, but they replaced him with Ryan Clark. Right. You know, they, they've Mitchell in his first year was it hurt a lot. The next year he was pretty good. So that's usually an area that they can address via free agency. That other safety spot besides the guy that they've gotten in the draft recently that they see as a four-year, five-year player, and that's supposedly Sean Davis. So I think they can address that one in free agency. Uh, I don't know what they do at inside linebacker, hmm. uh, whether they do that in the draft or they do that in free agency or both. And a lot of these answers might have to be fixed by, believe it or not, since we've been talking about him retiring so often lately, maybe extending Ben Roethlisberger to tweak his contract and uh, give him a lot of money uh, up front in cash, but prorated on the back of a, of a deal that they can worry about some of these other areas that need to be fixed as well as uh, maybe giving it left bell the franchise tag. Quickly, because I want to ask you something else, but are you one of the people who thinks that they should give Bell the franchise tag or not? Yeah, I think they should franchise tag him, although that, I don't know, did you hear that story today? I mean, I was listening to Mark before I jumped on with you, too, before the legions of people here in Los Angeles put their iHeartRadio app on to listen to the Crowley show like I did. I was listening to Mark before, and he was, uh, there's some story about how Bettis uh, said something negative about Tomlin. Uh, on the Mad Dog radio show, some of the effect that the, the Steelers weren't prepared, and that's on Tomlin, and then Bell likes the tweet. I oh, mean, like, no. It, look into that. That's what Mark was saying. Um, you know, you, you can get the specifics on it, but I heard that. I'm like, what is he talking about? He's he's the guy who was the chief distraction. You know, I, I, I want to see him stay because I, I don't want to see the offense change that much, and I think he is extremely dynamic and has a lot left in the tank and, and I want to see this take one more big step forward potentially with the group the group that they've got offensively um, in, in case Brady gets hurt or somebody else knocks out the Patriots and they do have a chance to go in the Super Bowl again but yeah I, I do want to say Bell, see Bell stay but he makes it harder and harder for me to say that every time he does something dumb 
On my drive in, I was listening to Madden as well, uh, because I'm not going to listen to that station across the street. And Mark was talking about the Patriots and how they always do all the little things right. And, okay, I'm sure they do the little things right more than other teams. Fine. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But I think that gets overplayed. I, I really do. Uh, people were lauding their end-of-the-game performance against the Steelers at Heinz Field, and yet, in my opinion, they still did enough to lose that football game. I think that everybody says that they're so star-spangled awesome, they don't make any mistakes, they're so shiny. In my opinion, yeah, maybe more than other teams. But I think it's Tom Brady that's the eraser, and he makes up for all the mistakes that they do make. He does, but at the same time, everybody's in the right space for him to get the ball where he's supposed to make the right reads, and he tends to do that, and they tend to do that, right? I mean, the subtlety to what you're talking about, where I don't think you can subtract from them, is you know Danny Amendola, the third-best receiver on the team a couple years ago, uh, always was where he needed to be in the postseason. You know, Julian Edelman, who was a seventh-round draft choice, became that guy before Amendola did. Um, you know, they've got running backs who always go to the right hole and find the right soft spot where Brady can dump down the ball before, like you said, if it's fourth and five, they get fourth and six and a half. So uh, I'm more in the camp of they do do a lot of things right, and it's not just Brady that's the eraser. You know, there are a lot of pretty uh, average players that do a lot of extraordinary things on that team that make up for the deficiencies that they have. The Steeler thing, I tend to agree with you. That was primarily about good fortune a bad rule on defense because they blew it but the offense did a great job taking the lead in the first place moving the ball down the field before Juju Smith-Schuster did a big play Tim I'm not crazy about my first 40 minutes today how would you grade them I thought the 20 that I listened to before I came on were okay I mean I thought I was spectacular picking up the slack here for somebody who hasn't been in town for four days while you were googling the internet um, so I'll, I'll give myself a hold. It's not a save, like an old-school Tony Watson hold on this interview. Uh, you, uh, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, my performance, not good. You've been the eraser here, Tim. Appreciate it, and go find some yoga pants, all right? What do you think I'm wearing right now? Not to wear! Tim, get goodbye. Goodbye, Tim Benz. Chip Live Radio, Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio. Right here on the Crowley Show. Coming up next, it's my hottest take of the day and other crap. Oh, yeah. And since Tom's here, and he's here every day, Tom's degenerate gambling pick of the day. I don't know what happened yesterday. We'll find out. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoy me. You know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Rob Gronkowski has cleared concussion protocol. Not sure how you find that out, but he did. What do you do? What is Rob Gronkowski's concussion protocol? I'm sure his baseline... Ain't exactly the brightest thing. He'll play. Patriots are going to win. Even if he didn't play, the Patriots were going to win. So, whatever. We know it. People in Philadelphia haven't seemed to figure it out yet. But the Patriots are going to win. They're probably going to cover. They're going to win their sixth championship. They're going to tie Pittsburgh. And that's going to blow for everyone here in town. It is time. 
for my favorite part of the show. It's the hottest take of the day. Thank you. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Carson Wentz, good dude, right? He's now Philadelphia through and through. Second year with the Eagles, two pretty good years. You think he might root for the Eagles, right? It's his teammates. He wants his team to win. Not! Carson Wentz is rooting for the New England Patriots. Carson Wentz wants the Pats to win, and he wants Nick Foles to look like a jabroni. Nick Foles is a good-looking dude. Good player. One of the better backups in the league. I think he could start for a couple of squads. He doesn't want his kids to go to Disney World with the stepdad. Because that's exactly what this would be. You a family of divorce? I am not. I had a great family life. Grew up in Mount Lebanon. Affluent community. Didn't even have to walk to school. I was pampered as a child. But I've had friends who were divorced. And I have friends now who have split up, who have children. I know. Getting old, right? And one of my friends recently, who has a kid, unfortunately had to send that kid to Disney World with his ex and his ex's new hubby. So that kid's always going to associate Disney World not with you, but with the hot new dad. The Philadelphia Eagles, if they were to win a championship with Nick Foles, that's like sending your kids to Disney World with someone else's father. That sucks. Carson Wentz isn't a system quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I think he's got a nice 10-year career coming up following this game where he probably is going to have a shot to win a couple of more championships. But probably in his mind, this championship's a little... His championships will be a little devalued if Nick Foles is able to come in and win one in his second year with that roster. That was the hottest take of the day. I got it. Boo, 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 That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. <laughs> Tom, agree or disagree that Carson Wentz is rooting for the New England Patriots? Agreed. 100%, yeah? No doubt. I'm just trying to put myself in the position. He's a competitive guy, you know? You don't want to see your backup win a championship? That's disgusting. You think Peyton Manning wanted that lanky effort to win a championship? Yeah, the Brocket launcher. No. You want to win a championship with your club. And I know he's been the consummate professional and teammate. F that, my hottest take of the day, is that Carson Wentz wants Tom Brady to get number six. It's time for other crap. Woo! Other crap. LeBron James, according to reports, is going to meet with the Golden State Warriors when he becomes a free agent. And I am all for that shiz, baby. I'm not an NBA fan. Because I don't have a team to root for. If there's a game on, I will watch it. If there's a game that's going to appeal to the casual fan, I will, as a casual fan, flip it on my TV. If LeBron James is playing for that team, every single game becomes relevant to me. 
the casual fan. The best two players in the game, the best three players in the game, all on the same team, the question becomes, do they win every basketball game they play? Well, Crowley, they might not all fit chemistry and all that. F that. Hell yeah, they'll fit. If LeBron's not taking it to the hole, he just dumps it off to some of the other peeps who are chucking up threes. Sign me up for that. More other crap. Woo! Other crap. Duke closed Krzyzewskiville because of flu concerns. If there's one group of people that I would like to see get ravaged by the flu bug, it's the people who would camp out at Krzyzewskiville. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. Aaron Rodgers is pissed that his quarterback's coach got fired. Shut up, Rodgers. You can't win a championship with a different quarterback coach. Who cares? It's a quarterback's coach. What is a quarterback's coach telling Aaron Rodgers anyhow? Aaron, don't throw it as perfectly. F that guy. Screw it. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. Ryan Shazier was discharged from UPMC. He's now headed home, but yet we still don't have any information on Ryan Shazier. Good sign to see him standing next to Ben Roethlisberger in a photo that was taken. But we don't know if he can walk. We don't know how things are progressing. It seems like good news, but the Steelers continuing to be mum. One more other crap. Woo! Other crap. Justin Timberlake says his son will never play football. Hey, Timberlake, eat me. Coming up next. Tom, what's coming up next? Before that, though, it's your degenerate gambling pick of the day. It is. Did your pick hit yesterday? It did. It crashed. What was that pick? Butler over Marquette. They murdered them. What do you got for today? We're taking the Beavers. Oregon State. Plus three and a half. In Stanford. Let's go Beavs. Coming up next, along the boards, with Jason Mackey, maybe? Maybe Josh Getzoff? I know Phil Bork's going to be there. I know beers are going to be consumed. I just don't know who's drinking them with Phil Bork. That's a bunch of good-looking men. Phil Bork, Jason Mackey, and Josh Getzoff? Does Getzoff ever not wear a suit, I wonder? I can't imagine Getzoff not wearing a suit. Guy's hot. Now I'm off on a tangent. They're coming up next. Two of the three. I'll be back tomorrow. Carson City Saloon. Bud Light Happy Hour, 6 until 7. I don't know who's hosting with me. Someone, though. Crowley Show.